Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Are you ready to really let God speak into your life? I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to be one of those messages that pushes you a little bit. Is that okay? That's okay. I got one agreement. Do I have two? All right, I got two. Okay, I see a good consensus going on here. Well, I'll just tell you this. I was going to do it anyway. So uh, today I want to share with you just for a few moments, and I want to talk about how do we go about moving forward and what do we need to do in order to move forward, not only in our walk with Jesus, but how do we truly become who God has designed us to be as an individual? Would you agree with me that we don't always function fully in who God's called us to be? Sometimes we get sidetracked. Sometimes we derail for a few moments, sometimes for a long season. But we're going to talk this morning about how do we come to that place of of returning to where God would have us to be, or perhaps coming for the first time to that place that God would have us to grow and develop as an individual. Here's a very personal question that I want you to ponder as we jump into this message. Are you satisfied with where you are as a person? Think about that for a moment. Are you satisfied with where you are as a person? Maybe it's your role as a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad or a single individual. What about the role that you play as an employee or an employer? What about your walk with Jesus? Do you feel that you're on a good path, that you're moving in the right direction? See, if we don't ask that question, we can never make the needed changes that need to be made. Sometimes I feel that we we fall into this rut of just existing, and we miss the opportunity to grow. We, We miss the opportunity to really let God begin to do what God wants to do in our hearts, in our lives. We quickly find ourselves stuck in the rut of yesterday's struggle, of yesterday's hurts of yesterday's disappointment, of the faults in our lives. The Bible says this. This is our text for today. And again, I encourage you to take really good notes. I know I say that every week, but man, if all we do is come in here and and listen to a message and let it dump in one ear out the other, we're not really benefiting. But if we will truly allow it to be applied to our life, if we move beyond head knowledge and we move into action, I believe that God can do some incredible things. So our text today is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. It says, test yourselves. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, it's time for a test. Test yourselves. What are we testing for? What are we looking for to make sure that you're solid in your faith? Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay that Jesus is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, what does he say? Do something 
about it. I asked you the question on the onset of the message, are you satisfied with where you are as an individual, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, in your job and all there? Are you satisfied with where you are? I challenge you today, as you do that examination, as you take that test today, if you find that you failed the test, begin to do something about it. Unfortunately, what often happens is we, if we're lucky, we'll take a test. We don't like the results. So what do we do? We, we push it to the side. We hide it under a rug. We put it in the furthest portion of the closet and close the closet door. And we just drift along through life. Moving from one struggle to one disappointment, to one problem, and we repeat that cycle over and over and over, simply taking everything for granted, all while holding loosely to our identity in Christ. Oh, we claim to be a Christian, we claim to be a follower of Christ, but truth be told, the life that we live, the fruit that we bear, it doesn't reflect the name tag that we wear. Come on. Now, I warned you on the front side of this message. Don't get mad at me now. I I warned you. We claim to be a Christian. We'll come to church regularly. We may even raise our hand during worship. We'll respond during the altar call. But the problem is the actions that we take on the outside, the fruit that we bear does not reflect the name tag that we wear. So I challenge you today. Now is the time to begin begin to create the change, to move forward, to wipe the slate clean, to draw a line in the sand. I challenge you, get somebody to keep you accountable in your journey with Jesus. We're called to fight the good fight. Paul talked about it in 2 Timothy. He says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race. Now lies in store for me the crown of righteousness says it's not just for me, but it's for all who pursue that. I challenge you today, draw the line in the sand and begin to pursue the good things of God. Begin to pursue the life that God has for you. Now, I'm not talking about a, a traditional New Year's resolution. That's not what we're talking about. See, statistics tell me that 45% of Americans create some form of New Year's resolution. Um, how many of you, let me ask, how many of you have some form of New Year's resolution? And they're not bad, don't get me wrong, but how many of you have said, this year I'm going to lose X amount of pounds, this year I'm going to do this, this year I'm going to do that. You've set a New Year's resolution for yourself. Okay, okay, so maybe about 2% of you. Like 43% of you are lying, the rest of you typically... Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm told that out of that 45% of Americans that set a New Year's resolution, only 8% of them actually achieve their goal. Why is that? We get overwhelmed. We get lazy. We get bored. We simply give up on the goal. 
So what's the problem? The problem is we fail to really dig into the roots of the issue. It takes more than simply cleaning up the outside for a moment. It takes diving into the inside of of cleaning from the inside out, allowing what Jesus is doing on the inside to bring about something new on the outside. Today I want to look at three steps that we must take if we want to move forward. Are you ready for them this morning? Are you ready? All right, number one is this. Planning and follow-through are vital. I just lost some of you. Some of you are like, I'm not a planner and I don't like follow-through. Come on, look at this. Planning and follow-through are vital. Proverbs chapter 21 says it this way. Good planning and what? Hard work. Wow, that's anti-American right there, isn't it? Let me move on. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. I don't think we're just talking about financial gain here. I believe that a person can be prosperous or a person can live in poverty in every area of the life. Choice is yours of where you reside. Maybe you're here today and you are relationally in poverty today. Maybe you're here today and you're emotionally spent, emotionally in poverty right now. You're trapped in a dead-end cycle of destruction. Can I just tell you, God is ready today, in this moment, now, to bring you out of that rut and to place you on the path that he has for you. Amen? God is ready. God is willing in this moment to bring you out of the rut. However, it's going to require that each and every one of us do some soul searching, that we do some planning, that we spiritually take that test to evaluate where we are, to move in a new path with God. So let me ask you another question. What defines you today? If I was to ask you, who are you? Really, who are you? What defines you at the core? Is it defeat? Is it your mistakes, addictions, lies, the expectation of others, the regrets of yesterday? What is it that you've allowed to define your life? Listen carefully. Jesus declares that you are free from all of those. The Bible says, he who the sun sets free is partially free, right? No, no. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. One translation says you're free through and through. God is ready. God is willing in this moment right now. To set you free. It's time to step into your God reality and begin to thrive in the life that He has for you. But it's not going to happen by accident. You are not going to thrive in your relationship with Christ. You're not going to thrive in your relationship with others. You're not going to thrive as a mom or a dad, as a single individual. You're not going to thrive as an employee or an employer by accident. It's going to require some planning 
and some follow through. I, I hear you. You're saying to yourself right now, but pastor, this is how I've always been. This is the path that I've been on for years. I don't know any other path. Well, it was Isaac Newton in his first law of motion that once said this, everything continues in a state of rest unless it is compelled to change by forces impressed upon it. In order to change, you must be compelled to change. Something must urge you forward. Something must push you in a new direction. There must be an urgency. There must be a determination to see that change come to fruition in your life. If there's no urgency, you'll never change. You'll be stuck in that same struggle, that same hurt, that same problem. But our text also said that it's important that we, we don't step into the, the shortcuts. We like shortcuts. We're the fast food society. We're the microwave society. We want everything quick. We want to take a shortcut. But can I just tell you, things aren't nearly as good in the microwave as they are in the oven. I remember as a young adult, some of you aren't going to know, aren't going to understand this, but those my generation and above, you'll understand this. I remember the day microwaves were, were readily available. You still had pot pies. The direction said put the pot pie in the oven for 45 minutes, and you had to wait for a pot pie 45 minutes. But I'm like, uh-uh, not today, Satan. And I take that pot pie, and I put it in the microwave, and it's, it's this, pre, this is pre-microwavable pot pies. I don't know what the difference is, but can I just tell you, you put a non-microwavable pot pie in the microwave, and you try to cook it, it becomes gooey. <laughs> anybody else, come on, anybody else ever try that? I got some, all right, what's, what's really funny here is it's all guys. <laughs> Only guys in the room are raising their hands. They're like, yeah. I even tried microwavable fried chicken. It was frozen banquet fried chicken. Tried to microwave that before it was microwavable. Let me move on. <laughs> so, so here's the question on your outline today that you've got to ask yourself. What is your need to change? And I purposely wrote it this way, my need to change, because I want you to ask yourself that question. On a scale of one to ten, one being, I don't need to change at all. I am next to perfect. Or ten going, man, I need to change everything. Where, where, do, you, where do you fall in that? What is your need to change? See, because until you understand that you have a need to change, you will never change right? Second thing I want to mention before we move on is as you discover this need to change, I want you to develop or figure out who can keep you accountable in this process. Do you have a friend? Do you have somebody that's going to speak the truth into your life? Now, I, I, I very carefully said the word friend because sometimes a friend is, a, is not a good accountability person because a friend's going to go, oh, it's okay. Pat you on the back, here's a bonbon. Sometimes you need somebody that's going to give you a swift kick in the hind side and a ten and a half size boot, right? That was my grandpa used to do, straighten you out, give you a little kick. We need, we need people in our lives that will, will speak the truth into us. They'll tell us, man, you're just, Bob, what are you doing, dude? This is not a good path. Eric, 
come on, man. You need to make a change because this is going to lead you down the wrong road real, real quick. We need people in our lives that will speak that truth into us. I challenge you, discover that person. It may not be your spouse if you're married. It may need to be another guy for the guys. It may be another gal for the gals. But who is that person that will keep you accountable in this process? Too often, let's go back to Isaac Newton's statement, too often we become like this item that's at the state of rest. We become comfortable right where we are. We no longer see the need for any change. It becomes easy to stand still. Why ruffle the feathers? Why make a change? Why? Because you're on a downward spiral. Because the path you're going isn't a good path. Because God's got a better plan for you. In fact, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 9, and then verse 17. It says, you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Come on, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We all have two sides of us, right? We have the side that wants to follow after Christ, and we have that old sinful nature. And the Bible says there's a battle raging on the inside between these two. But here in Romans, Paul says, you're not controlled by this old sinful nature any longer. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Verse 17, and since you are his children, you are heirs to his throne. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs to God's glory. Can I hear an amen this morning? Amen. And then in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, he says, and because you belong to him, belong to Christ, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you. Come on, somebody. Has freed you from the power of sin that leads where? To death. Spiritual separation. Because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary. Because of this new perspective of life that Jesus set in motion. You and I, we have a way out of this downward spiral of spiritual slavery. In fact, look at this. Salvation equals deliverance from slavery. Salvation is deliverance from a lifestyle and entrapment of sin. The problem is some of you are daily haunted by your past. Your past is daily repeating in your mind. Your failures are brought up time and time again. You can't quite get past the struggles and the hurts. You feel like they shackle themselves around you. You've allowed them to define who you are. But I want you to know this morning, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're no longer bound to those things. Your life will never be the same. Oh, will you be perfect? No. No, we're imperfect people. Will you never make a mistake? No, you're going to make mistakes. But here's the deal. You don't have to allow them to define you. You don't have to stay in that rut any longer. So our first step, our first step is to plan and then follow through. Why? Because it's vital. The second step is this, accept and embrace your freedom in Jesus. Accept and embrace your freedom in Jesus. Now this sounds so simple, right? 
If I would say to you, as a Christian, what you need to do, Bob, is accept and embrace your freedom in Jesus. And I would venture to say, Bob, you're going to go, amen, that's good preaching, pastor. Because on the surface, that sounds real easy. But sometimes we struggle with the fact that Jesus can love us. We struggle with the fact that that Jesus has a better plan because we've seen our track record. We continuously hear the lies of the enemy, the discouragement of others, so we fail to accept and fail to embrace this freedom that Jesus has for us. But the Bible tells me in Ephesians chapter 1, it says he... God is so rich in kindness and grace that he did what? He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Now, there's a word here that some of the translations use in this scripture that I want to I discuss for a moment. It's the word redemption. Now, to be redeemed from something means that your freedom has been paid for by another. Now, one reason we don't use this word much anymore is because it was connected with slave training or slave trading for many, many years. In slave trading times, some people would intentionally buy a slave. Why? Just to set them free. They were known as the Redeemer. And that's what Jesus did for you and for me. He came to redeem us from all the things that have got us hung up, all the things that have entrapped us or even enslaved us, the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups, the things that we keep messing up in life. He says, I'm here today to set you free. I've come to be your redeemer to pay a price that you could never pay, to take care of a situation that on your own, in your own ability, you're not capable of of taking care of. Jesus, listen carefully, he took the first choice. What was that choice? He chose to love you. He chose to die for you and and to invite you to be with him for all eternity. That's amazing, isn't it? While we were yet sinners, Jesus died. He chose to die for you. So here's what it brings us to. The next choice is ours. Will we accept his invitation or will we reject it? Truth be told, without his choice, you have no choice at all. Without his choice, without the price that Jesus paid, our spiral downward is the best that we have. Jesus came to reach the lost He came to die for a broken world. In fact, in Luke chapter 19, it says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. What's he mean by lost? For those that that didn't have a relationship with him, that those that were lost in the darkness, they they were enslaved by the struggles of life. Jesus came to die For you, until we come to the place of receiving his grace, you will remain on that same path, in that same rut, in that same struggle, day in and day out. But listen carefully, Jesus, in fact, loves you. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, Jesus loves you. you. 
Come on, write it in the chat if you're watching online. Jesus loves you. Some of you in the room, some of you online, this is the first time that you've really grabbed a hold of that. He loves you. He loves you. And he came with the purpose of giving you a better way. Yeah, we've got to come to the moment, that, that time of embracing and receiving what he's done for us. That brings us to our third step today. Begin to live your life of freedom. Begin to live the life of freedom. We, we take the test, right? We, we do the planning. We have the follow-through. We accept and embrace our freedom in Christ. And now we implement that. We, we put that into action. And we begin to live the life of freedom that Jesus has set before us. But here's the problem. We try jumping here before we do steps one and two. See, in order to really live this life of freedom, we've got to establish the one and two. We've got to do the plan. We've got, we've got to come and say, Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. Lord, search my heart and know my thoughts, I pray. The Bible says, reveal the wickedness that is deep, deep within me. As he begins to do that, we've got to begin to activate and, and work through all of that. So how do, we, how do we come to this place of planning and follow-through and accepting and embracing and now beginning to live the life? Well, I believe that we've got to look at our spiritual disciplines. What are the spiritual disciplines in your life? Do you have any? I'm here to tell you that what you do in discipline will be modeled in action, reaction, and behavior. Come on, somebody needs to write that down this morning. What you do in discipline will be modeled in action, reaction, and behavior. If you're wondering why are you struggling in your relationships, if you're wondering why are you trapped in that addiction, if you're wondering why you can't seem to move beyond the past, I challenge you today, look at your spiritual disciplines. Let me talk about four of them very quickly. Number one. Spend time with God in prayer. Well, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Well, you do know how to talk. If you know how to talk, you know how to pray. See, all prayer is is a conversation with God. There, there's not a list of fancy words that you have to use. You don't have to speak in King James English when you pray. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Just talk to him. Tell him your heart's desire. Share your hurts. Share your concerns. Share your joy with him. Prayer is our personal line of communication. It's our opportunity to share our heart, our love, our gratitude, our hurts, our concerns with the one that spoke life into us. He wants to hear from you. But in turn, he wants to speak back to you. The second discipline is this. Spend time with God in Bible study. If you're not spending time reading the Word of God, you're missing out on a primary way that God wants to speak into your life. Maybe you're here and you say, I don't have a Bible that I understand. 
come talk to me. We will help you get that figured out. You can also go online and download the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. If you don't like to read, it'll read it to you. Come on, we can't make this any simpler. It will read it to you. Just allow the word of God. The Bible says, hide his word in your heart that you may not sin against him. Allow the word of God to be alive and well. Allow it to illuminate the path in front of you. Maybe this year one of your goals is to read through the Bible. There's tons of Bible reading plans out there. If you need help finding one, come talk to one of us. We'll lead you in that as well. If this is the first time you've read through the Bible, or first time you've really even read the Bible, I challenge you, don't start Genesis 1-1. Genesis is good. But you get to Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, and you're talking about putting the hand in the upper thigh to create some sort of deal. And I'm like, I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, just being, being real. Look at the book of John. Begin to read through the book of John. Fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's going to share the love of God. You're going to grab a hold of the love of God. We're going to begin next week looking at the book of James. We're going to spend about 13 weeks dive, diving into and digesting the book of James and looking at some spiritual development in our lives. I challenge you, read along with us in that. Just allow the word of God to be real. Spend time with God through fasting. Well, pastor, what in the world is fasting? Well, we'll get there in just a second. As you're reading through the Bible, you'll find moments when people wanted to get really serious and they wanted to touch heaven in a situation and truly connect with God. They would begin to dedicate themselves to times of fasting. Now, here it is. What is fasting? Fasting is denying yourself of something you enjoy and replacing it with dedicated time to God. Now, traditionally, it's food. It's not eating a meal on Tuesdays, not eating a meal every day, only drinking juice, not eating meat or whatever it happens to be, doing that for a set season of time. But truly, now some would disagree with me on this, but truly, I believe it could be anything. It's, it's the heart. It's, Lord, I'm giving up something that I enjoy. And I'm giving time to you. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's TV. Whatever it happens to be. But fasting is an intentional opportunity to align your desires with the desires of God. Let me say that again. Fasting is an intentional opportunity to align your desires with the desires of God. I'm going to challenge you. On, the, on this coming Wednesday, the 4th, we're going to begin a 21-day prayer and fasting. I'm going to challenge you. Between now and Wednesday, ask God, God, what would you have me to fast for these 21 days? A couple of us staff members, we've already agreed, and this is going to be tough. I'm going public with this right now. I'm going to fast meat. I'm, can I just tell you, you don't look this way with, by not eating meat. I love me some meat, but I love my God more. So I'm going to try this. I'll be honest with you, I'm a little nervous. Because I'm really more of a secondhand vegetarian. I eat cows and cows eat grass. 
So, but, I, but I'm willing. I'm willing to say, God, I love you more. And God, I want to connect with you in a real purposeful way. On your seats, you've got this, this flyer. These give you some prayer points. The first seven of them are aligning with what the Assemblies of God throughout the United States are doing for seven days. We're extending ours to 21 days. So we have 21 prayer focuses for you on this card. Again, you can scan that QR code. You can take the paper copy. This kind of gives you something to focus in on. We're going to do that together beginning this coming Wednesday for 21 days from the 4th to the 25th. We're going to spend time in prayer and fasting. And I believe that on the backside of this, man, we're going to see some great things with God. Amen? Our fourth discipline, spend time with other Christians regularly. Hebrews chapter 10 reminds us of the importance of faithful church attendance. It's an opportunity to encourage, to strengthen one another in our journey with Christ. Here at Encounter, we say this, no one walks alone. We're in this journey together. We take up the hard and the heavy to make it easy for the one. That's only possible when we journey together as a body of believers. Church, listen carefully. You need the person beside you as much as they need you. You need the person across the room as much as they need you. I'm going to challenge you this year. Step up your church attendance. Be faithful in your church attendance. Well, do you have to go to church to be a Christian? Not necessarily, but it helps. It helps. That's where we get our encouragement. That's where we find our strength. That's where we build this family, this relationship. As we journey into this new year, I want you to enter into this determination of of not just dreaming a dream, not just creating resolutions, but pursuing the relationship that God has for your life, what he has planned for you. Are you ready? It's going to take some hard work. It's going to take some determination on your part. But I believe that if you dedicate the time to God, I believe that if you'll surrender the time to him, I believe that if you put him first in your life, that he's going to show up. And when God shows up, things begin to happen. Would you pray with me today? Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.